The five of us were bundled up against the frigid winds blowing through Beijing as we unfolded ourselves from the taxi's cramped interior. We'd had our Hotel Dongfang concierge order us a cab to get us here by the start of business this morning of February 22, 1993. Heavy black iron gates of the Mongolian Embassy to the People's Republic of China loomed before us. Behind those gates and inside the embassy were the visas we needed to enter Mongolia and follow God's call on our lives. We couldn't help but notice a crowd of about 50 was encamped between us and the gates, asking my wife, Louise, to wait at the curb with our three young daughters. I pushed through the milling collection of Chinese and Mongolians to the armed guard at the gate. I comforted myself with the idea that all these people probably had no legitimate business inside, and I would be quickly passed through. The unsmiling guard, however, failed to move aside or provide an explanation in English. I mimed I needed to speak to someone inside, and he motioned me over to an intercom. This was good progress. We'd be inside and out of the cold in just a few moments. The speaker crackled to life in response to my buzz. Yes, how may I help you? An accented female voice queried. I explained my family needed to get in to secure our visas for Mongolia. That is impossible until Wednesday, sir. The embassy is closed for our Mongolian national holiday. I was stunned. We had with some difficulty purchased tickets to fly into Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia's capital city, the next day. We couldn't afford to stay any longer than two nights at the Hotel Dongfang, and we had no way of contacting our friends in Mongolia to tell them we would be arriving late. Stalling for time to sort out my thoughts, I blurted, What national holiday? She answered, It was the week-long festival called Sagansar, the Herdsman's New Year. I held down the talk button and quickly maintained that we couldn't wait for Wednesday since we had non-exchangeable tickets on Miat, the national airline. Sir, I am sorry, but the ambassador is celebrating the holiday and will be indisposed until Wednesday. He cannot issue any visas until then. I was crushed, but I really had no alternative, so I kept begging her to make an exception. I told this lady all about my three small daughters, who at seven, four, and almost two years old, couldn't stand outside in this bitter cold. The girl's staccato complaints through chattering teeth in the background helped our cause. I wished I could hold them up to a security camera and show her their frost-nipped cheeks and runny noses. It worked. Asians have a wonderful soft heart toward children, and especially larger families. Okay, go back to your hotel and telephone at two o'clock in the afternoon. Perhaps the ambassador will be awake and able to help you then. I thanked her profusely and pushed back out through the crowd to Louise and the girls. I was praising God for this new hope, but Louise was discouraged by the news, and the exhaustion and strain of moving a family of five into the unknown was clear on her face. I knew if we just went back and twiddled our thumbs in that small hotel room until two o'clock, we'd all be ready for straitjackets. We had to get our minds off what we were facing. We prayed briefly and committed everything one more time to the Lord 
and then caught another cab and went to Tiananmen Square to kill time. Not one sign remained of the massacre that had happened there just a few years before. We stood in the endlessly shuffling line to visit Mao's preserved corpse in his huge mausoleum. There were constant warnings to be quiet and respectful. There was a very religious reverence both encouraged by the guards and observed by the thousands visiting. We were so nervous about the girls blurting something out, grabbing a flower, or goodness knows what. As we exited into the cold yet refreshing outside air, Melody said loudly, That was just a dead guy! We beat a hasty retreat from this shrine to the founder of Chinese communism. Still, her seven-year-old wisdom was a graphic reminder of the risen Christ's superiority over the gods of men and their governments.